Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. One of the most powerful organizational muscles that you can grow and hone within your business is the ability to identify issues, crowdsource uh, solutions and information from your field teams to help you understand what's really happening, not what you think is happening, and then to very quickly implement training and process changes to address those issues and get them off the list of top issues. That muscle, that ability to do that, will allow you to grow your business, increase your customer satisfaction, increase your sales and profitability, and ultimately, you are going to start to to get incrementally ahead of your competitors and you're going to get to start pushing them around the playing field. And if you, that's what Ops Analytica does, we are the tool, we are the dumbbell that helps you build that muscle within your organization and it probably is one of the most important muscles to have because it's where the change and the growth happens. Check us out opsanalytica.com, get yourself a demo. You won't not regret it. Hello there, Order Up Show podcast listeners. It's Tommy. I'm back with another interview. I told you I was bringing more interviews. I did not lie. Welcome to the show, Robin Graff. How are you doing, Robin? I'm doing great, Tommy. Thanks. Oh, man. I'm so happy to have you on here today. Um, so this is a hard-hitting journalistic venture by myself. And, uh, you know, this is you're going to be in the hot seat, man. I hope you're ready for that. Uh, <laughs> now... We just, we just goof off here. We love to talk to uh, professionals in the hospitality industry. And we have a very specific format, which is we ask the same five questions to every person who comes on the show. And so we're going to get started right away here. First question, tell me what you do today, Robin, and tell me from your first job to today, how you got there. What was your career path? Well, um, what I do today is uh, my title is the Chief Operating Officer for the Lodge of Four Seasons and also the private club. It's called the Club at Port Chima right here in uh, Lake of the Ozarks. And I got here, um, well, it, it's it's way too long of a story to tell you how I got here, but I started uh, in the hospitality career probably when I was about 15 years old when my mom had a uh, like a side job as a caterer and I'd help her cater these private functions and started bartending and stuff like that and did food and beverage uh, through college and uh, ended up uh, in the uh, hotel industry in the uh, late 80s uh, and basically been in the hotel business um, ever since. It's uh, I've worked for Hyatt's, Hilton's, Marriott, some local regional brands. I've worked uh, internationally as well as uh, a lot of my work uh, actually was in the islands of Hawaii. Ooh, I worked nice. at quite a few resorts. Uh, and uh, I, you know, through uh, a series of unexplainable things, such as COVID and other things, I ended up here in the Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> wow. And I'm looking at the resort right here online. Oh, huge, amazing. It looks like it's got a big uh, so it's right on that lake on that peninsula there, but is it a is it a convention resort? Is it a family resort? Is it vacation? What do, what do you got going on there? Oh, spa looks nice. Well, we um, 
We're 356 rooms, uh, but we have about 60,000 square feet of meeting space. Uh, so we do do quite a bit of uh, group business, primarily a lot of association, uh, government, uh, military, things like that. Um, sure. Obviously, during the COVID year, that business pretty much went away. So our leisure transient business really peaked and uh, grew tremendously. So uh, we are a vacation resort. We're a golf resort. We have uh, two golf courses associated with the lodge, and we have a private course uh, with the club. We have a marina. Uh, we have water activities for the, in the summertime. So we're a, we're pretty much a destination type property. Okay. Now I've never been to Lake of the Ozark. So uh, can I go swimming in Lake of the Ozark? Can I go paddleboarding, or is it more of a boating lake? Uh, well, it's it's heavily uh, populated by boats, uh, but there are places in and around the lake that you can paddleboard, kayak. Uh, it's a it's a fishing lake too, uh, bass fishing, crappie fishing, uh, very big catfish things like that. So it's very popular for that. But uh, they have boat races here. It's huge. Uh, the lake itself, I think the coastline of this lake is, uh, is or the shoreline here at the Lake of the Ozarks is, is larger than the coast of California. Really? Yep. That, wow. I, yeah, I would not have even, like, that would, that blows my mind. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's an amazing place. It really is. And so with your career, like, so you said you started off catering in your, your high school years and you learned how to bartend. Did you go to hotel restaurant school or did you just go, did you go to college? Like, did you study hospitality or did you just work hospitality and get a business degree or something? So, um, I honestly, I, when I was in college and I did go to college, I went to uh, Cal State University at Northridge and um, I was a physical education major. Sure. <laughs> and uh, when I got out of college, I went into the military and I was in the Air Force for six years, which actually that's how I got to Hawaii. And once I got to Hawaii, being a surfer kid from uh, Southern California, I stayed. Uh, then I figured out I needed to get a job and <laughs> Hawaii has a lot of hotels and stuff. So I figured hey, they, they probably need people. So I ended up in the hotel business. So what did, you, uh, what did you do in the Air Force? Uh, on the Air Force, I actually I worked uh, on the flight line. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah. Well, and the reason I ask is because one of the guys that was a mentor of mine when I, I went to hotel restaurant school in Colorado and University of Denver, and sure. uh, one of the mentors that I had who was running at the time the Denver Athletic Club but he had been in the Air Force as an officer, but he had run the clubs, the golf clubs in the Air Force. And oh, so yeah. So he worked for the MWR. Yeah, he had come out of that hospital. He was, uh, he was like a colonel. I think it was a full bird. I believe it was a full bird colonel. I have to look that up. Uh -huh. And he was, uh, but he had run country clubs all throughout the Air Force uh, over his career, the officers clubs. And sure. so I was just curious if he had done any hospitality uh, in the Air Force. No, my, my hospitality comes really just from my early years, um, you know, working with my mom and then uh, restaurants as a, as a kid and, and, you know, young man. And then uh, when I got out of the service, uh, I, my first job was actually working in ground transportation. So, you know, tour buses and things like that. 
and then got an opportunity to go work at a hotel as a manager and and the rest is history sure so okay cool well that that's super interesting i, I do you miss hawaii um i you know hawaii is a great place i i miss it in in terms of my some of my friends and some of my family is still there sure. uh, it kind of became home um i don't miss uh some of the other things about it that you know, over the last 10 years have kind of changed over there a bit uh, in terms of uh, cost of living, the way our business was going. Um, so that part of it, I don't miss. Uh, I do miss, uh, I miss it in January when I'm in the yeah. winter. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because one of my good friends uh, and we were doing a lot of stuff, we were trying to get a lot of stuff going together back in during COVID. He's a, uh, pathologist and he had worked in he had lived in Hawaii for like 20 years and you know Hawaii you know and the, you know it's kind of a small town and there's not a lot there and it's expensive and you know there's a, you know it, Hawaii is a wonderful place I from what his perception was it's a great place to visit and love it and enjoy it for all its splendor but it's a hard place to live and uh because you know, there's the laid back attitude and some of those things just get very frustrating when you're trying to make things happen, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, that was kind of his impression. Um, yeah. Well, so. it is, it's, it was a great place to live. And, um, you know, I was there for over 30 years. So, yeah. um, you know, I have a lot of friends there and I uh, was very involved in the industry there, uh, in the hospitality industry. Uh, sat on a lot of boards and stuff. It just, it it just kind of changed over the years, and it was time to to move on. And I actually moved to Lake Tahoe from from Hawaii, and then uh, COVID hit, and that kind of ruined things for me there. And so I moved to Florida uh, last May to work for a company there as a uh, overseeing five of their properties and wasn't really too keen on florida uh, <laughs> and then got a had an opportunity to come up here uh through a friend of mine um this our, our place is managed by troon and a lot of people might know troon as a golf management company we're the largest <laughs> golf management company but we also have a hospitality division so and i've known the troon guys for a while so opportunity came up came up here fell in love with the place and and just really happy to be here. Oh, that's great. I'm once again, I'm looking at the pictures and it just looks amazing. Um, okay, let's move on to question number two. What is a big project or initiative that you're working on right now? Uh, well, right now we're, we're getting ready for season. Uh, so, you know, uh, the Ozarks is, is, is pretty seasonal, obviously. Uh, the lake is a big part of the activities here. So the lake really comes alive around Memorial Day, runs right through Labor Day. Uh, so some of the things that we're doing is we're, we have a large area that uh, sits out by our pool and we have our pool bar out there and another bar and a lot of open space and a pavilion. And it was kind of underutilized in the past. So uh, we're enhancing the whole area with uh, seating, putting in a new deck, uh, we started up a summer concert series that will start on Memorial Day weekend. So we'll have live music on weekends. And all this area overlooks the lake. So it's really prime real estate. And 
we just want to utilize it the best. So we're just really getting, uh, you know, amped up to put all these new initiatives in place in terms of the music, the drinks, uh, promotions, uh, new cabanas around the pools, uh, that whole, you know, just it's just going to be a great experience. Sure. And also with, even though, when I'm curious where you guys are on lockdown out there, but, you know, outdoor is the best place to be during this period of time because, you know, chances of you can have higher density people uh, or capacity, right? And it's safer because there's a breeze. So sure. it makes sure. sense to really maximize that space this summer so you can get some guests in the hotel. Where are you guys on lockdown right now? So curiosity. Well, without trying to sound insensitive, yeah. um, you would not know there was a pandemic going on around here. Sure. <laughs> the the lake, uh, you know, this area here, are we there was never a, a mask mandate. It was, you know, uh, by the county. Yeah. Uh, you go to certain stores and stuff, and they would want you to require, and, and people do, and some people don't. Um, but overall, it's, you know, everything's open. Bars are open. Right. Live music's going on. Restaurants are full. Um, um, so people from the outlying areas, because we are pretty much, we're a fly market, but we're really a drive market as well. Sure. Um, so, you you know, we're seven hours from Chicago, two and a half hours from St. Louis, three hours from Kansas City. Uh, so you can drive here. So people are just getting in their cars and coming out here and just, you know, enjoying freedom, you know. Yeah. And uh, we haven't had any issues in, in regard to COVID. Um, our group business is coming back strong. Great. So that's good to see. Um, yeah, it's it's we've never really been on lockdown. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, it's so weird. I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, uh, but it's so weird. We're like, you know, they've really like programmed us in certain areas of the country with the mask. And once again, I'm not trying to be insensitive. You know, I understand, but like at some point we've got to reopen, you know, like yeah. I had a Disney cruise scheduled for April. It was like two weeks ago, whatever they canceled it. They're not even sailing again until like July now, you know, and it's right. just like, come on, man. Like the shots are out there, you know, we're getting it going. If you have, if you're high risk, then you should take extra precautions. But if you're not high risk, like I think at some point we got to go, Hey, people got to eat, people got to work, people got to enjoy themselves. I mean, you know, we're not, you know, so many of the effects of this disease and I don't want to lighten it for anybody who lost a loved one or anything, but the mental sure. health effects of this disease you know, the best cure for that is getting back to normal for those people that have have like completely isolated and, and you know destroyed them in a way, you know? So yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I mean, um, you know, we were in Florida last June. We traveled quite a bit and uh, as a family and um, we were in Florida last June. And it was funny because, you know, June was still kind of in the midst of it. Right. And uh, it was really in the beginning. And even we were down in Siesta Key and you know, the, the waiter was like, do you want me to wear the mask? I'm happy to do it. If you don't care, I don't care. You know, and it, and it, you know, it was a beach town and everything's open. And so, you know, everyone was just kind of doing their thing. And it was great. Yeah, um, I was in uh, I was in Florida in June working and uh, I had three properties on Treasure Island, uh, it, you know, outside of Tampa yeah. there. And then uh, I had a property down in uh, in Key Largo and, you know, it was, it was, you know, we were running like 100% on the weekends. Ah, wonderful. That's so wonderful. 
because yeah. you know our industry's been hit so hard. Like our industry, all the industries that I really care about—the restaurant industry, the, ho the hotel industry, and like the entertainment industry—are the yeah. three things that I have the most sort of like. I mean, I care about a lot of things, but those are the ones that I'm like really attached to, like in my heart. And all those guys, just because we're groups, right? And they've all just been crushed with this whole thing. And uh, it, it just we need to open it back up. And the people who are definitely afraid of getting sick need to stay home a little bit longer. And everybody sure. needs to get out and have some fun and enjoy themselves. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's cool. Uh, next question. What is the one thing in the industry or your business that's keeping you up at night? <laughs> well, I think this is probably uh, uh, everybody's uh, worry right now is it's getting people to come to work. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's just as long as we keep giving away free money, um, you're not going to get workers. And, uh, you know, everybody at the lake here is trying to hire. I mean, everywhere you go, you see for hire signs. And, you know, we had a community-wide um, job fair uh, a couple weeks ago. We had like 30 different businesses uh, in one of our convention halls here. And 10, 10 people showed up. Oh, wow. So, so the biggest thing that, you know, the hardest thing is, you know, you want to put all these initiatives in place and increase your 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 cover counts and your oh. you know your seating around your pools and your areas like that. But uh, the the one thing you worry about is you don't want to do something where you can't service them because then you get a negative. So that's the biggest worry right now is getting enough people to uh, to actually you know run a property that's running you know full tilt, hundred percent. Well, and you know it's interesting you say that. So. <clears throat> I went to, there's a big resort out here. I'm not going to mention the name because it wasn't a great experience, but so there's a great resort out here that pre COVID like a couple years ago, maybe three years ago after school was out Memorial day weekend, we went up and it's a, it's a big meeting convention property here in Denver and they've got a giant pool and a lazy river. And we went there after we went there on a Saturday after school was out. And we sat at the pool and we had people bring us drinks and food and we had the best time, such a good time that we, it was a Saturday to Sunday, Sunday afternoon at the pool. We booked our Sunday night to stay in our room because we're like, we're having the best time. So then during COVID, like last August, my son's birthday, you know, we, you know, it was such a pain to do anything. You couldn't get to a pool. You couldn't do anything. So we booked the same resort for a night. We spent like 750 bucks, you know, and then like, and it was a horrible experience. Because they had had to furlough all their employees because they're an eighty percent convention hotel, so they had to furlough everybody when the lockdown happened. And then when they came back out of the lockdown, you know, those people had found new jobs or had made other arrangements, whatever. So then they didn't come to work, and so then that was the worst experience I've ever had. one of the worst experiences I've ever had at a hotel. Not to mention a fancy, beautiful convention resort, right? I mean, yep. I could get into what we found on the floors and trash in the closets. I mean, just everything. And so you're, you're absolutely right, which is you risk, if you don't have the staffing, you risk pissing off so many people. It's almost worse to open up and start generating revenue if you can't service those people. And I mean, 10 people showed up to a, what, 30 company job fair? So yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, you can't tell me that this this stimulus package, which is a year too late, isn't affecting the job market, you know? Oh, yeah. T 
totally affecting it. And by the way, I'm hearing this from everybody, right? Every person I talk to, they can't find employees. I talked to, I was talking to a new client yesterday and uh, as we're getting them implemented, he's a guy of three dining rooms that aren't open, but it's not because of COVID. They're in Indiana. It's because of staffing. They can't, they don't have enough people to run an indoor register and wipe down the tables and manage that whole thing. So they're just doing drive-thru. Yeah. 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 And I mean, challenge uh, no and I, you know uh, you know there is a uh, yeah and then what's going to happen is and in your case too this these uh, the subsidies stop in september so they stop when the season's over yeah you know? I know. and then you won't need all those people so then you'll you know ah uh, you know i have a guy just just so you know i have a guy and uh um they own they ran the busiest sonic in the country sonic uh burgers is out in west texas in the oil fields uh-huh. and um and i mean it, it was like a four million dollar a year sonic which is unheard of like most sonic the biggest sonic other than that would be like two million you know they're not like right. a or a chick-fil-a they just don't do those kind of volumes and they literally went to puerto rico and they recruited employees from Puerto Rico and they bought a house in West Texas and they outfitted it as like a free apartment building for yeah. these guys. And they, they brought those guys from PR um, to West Texas to work. They paid them a great wage. They gave them a free apartment. They said, here's a good career job with our little company. And, you know, we have other stores around this area but they literally brought in Puerto Ricans to come work. Oh, sure. Well, you know, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, they it's called J one, right? J one soon they're, they're students and they come and they work from other countries and yeah, you know, you get them. So we had about 25 of them. We're going to come here. We were partnering with another one of our, uh, uh, properties here at the lake. Um, one of our competitors, but you know, we all need work. So, we had 25 people and then found out that 15 of them couldn't come because their country wouldn't let them out of the country because of COVID. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, and, and Nick, unfortunately I'm preaching to the choir by saying this on this podcast, cause I don't think, that, you know, we have a pretty wide reach, but it's pretty much industry people. But yeah. I don't know how many like just randos are listening to this. But if you have a bad experience at a restaurant or a hotel right now, before you just blame incompetence and or whatever, you need to ask the manager, hey, how's your staffing doing? Right. Because yeah. like, you know, because if you're because they're going to tell you I 99.9 percent going to tell you, yeah, man, we're running on like a skeleton crew, you know? Yeah. And, um, we're running on a skeleton crew and we just can't keep up because every, because a lot of people are out there. They're ready to spend some money. Their companies are picking up. They want to go enjoy the hospitality industry for all it's worth. And they can't, you know, and then there's no one's working. And so it's the government's fault on this deal. It totally is. Um, and uh, they, you know, I, I just saw somewhere. Did you see this? That one of the States is looking to, Oh, I think it was Montana. Maybe. I yeah, Montana. Yeah, they're going to cancel unemployment benefits for people that yep. are just off because they have yep. so many jobs to fill. And yep. they have a big tourist season right now, too. I mean, this is a good time to yes. get to Montana, you know? 
Yeah, they said they they're going to cancel the extra whatever stimulus uh, $300 additional and but if you work for 45 days then they'll give you I don't know 200 bucks or something like that. But yeah, I mean I wish I wish more people or more governors would uh step to the plate on that. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. It, this is crazy. And you know what's going to happen too. And I mean, there's some things we can automate and there's some things we can't, right? But if the government doesn't figure out, so the government has to realize, right, that the restaurant industry is so many people, like I think, I don't know the exact number, but I think I saw something like 20% of the population's first job is in the hospitality industry, right? So I don't know, you have to check me on that number. We have to go look it up. But I remember reading that somewhere. Like it was my first job at 14. It was your first job at 15, right? Obviously we're in the industry, but so many people go and get their first jobs and learn how to work and learn how, um, yeah. you know, that the, they get there, they dip their foot into the work world through the hospitality industry. And it's one of the few places where somebody with a work permit, 14, 15, 16, 17, can get a job, right? And start learning that responsibility, get a paycheck, pay for their car, save for college, whatever it might be, you know? Um, yeah. But if if the government keeps pushing us, then what's going to end up happening is that we are going to make investments into technologies that are going to start elite, uh, uh, killing some of these jobs. Not everything can be killed. You know, a robot's not going to clean a room. A robot's no. not going to deliver drinks in an efficient manner. But a lot of, the, you know, we employ hundreds, we employ tens of millions of people and a portion of those jobs are going to start disappearing. And once they go, they're not coming back. And That's so for true. those people who don't have an education, who or who maybe don't have the job skills or they're brand new to the job market, they're going to have less and less opportunity to get into the job market because you're going to need more and more skill. You know, you're not going to be a fry cook that can go in and learn how to cook burgers, you're going to be, you're going to have to go to robot school to be able to service the robot that's cooking the burgers. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah exactly. It, I mean, and you know, there are smart people out there figuring out cool stuff all the time. So who knows? I mean, you could have drones delivering drinks at your restaurant on your pool in a year, yeah. or two, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's very tough right now. And I, you know, and it's very tough and it's an extra kick in the pants because the industries that are being most affected by this labor shortage were the ones that were most affected from a sales perspective during the downturn. So it's just like adding, you know, insult to injury, really, that we can't like we're ready to go this summer, but we might not get to be able to do what we want to do because we can't find people to work. Yep, that's right. No, I'm done preaching. I apologize. <laughs> um, so what is the one thing you thought did i ask this question already i forgot what is the one thing that you thought the industry would be doing right now um that it isn't well um you know i think it's i think kind of there's a couple of things i think one is is what we just talked about um yeah. you know how are we gonna how are we gonna address this staffing shortage shortage yeah. you know how, how are we gonna do that you know do you know, I think we need to do a better job and, and I think we do a fairly decent job of it, of lobbying, but we need to lobby harder uh, with our officials or government officials on, yeah. in our business. And then I think the other thing is that um, 
I don't think we do. And this, this was very true when I was in Hawaii and I, and I kind of experienced it other places. I don't think we really do a, a great job. I think we do an okay job of promoting how important our industry is to the communities that we are in, you know, offering jobs, um, supporting local charities. Uh, you know, there's lots of things that we do uh, that, you know, it's just, you know, people just see, oh, gosh, they're bringing in more tourists or, you know, they're creating a traffic jam because of this or, you know, yeah, I think we need to do a better job of promoting our worth, um, you know, property taxes, uh, sales tax, uh, you know, sales tax, hotel tax, bed tax. I mean, all these things, you know, support the communities that we operate in. You know, it's interesting. I, I agree with you. And, you know, I met the head of like local government affair lobbyists from um, uh, the NRA one time at a Colorado Restaurant Association. You know, and it's interesting, right? So we were members of the CRA, Colorado Restaurant Association, and we go to the national show every year. And the CRA, you go there and there's nobody in the industry there. It's all guys trying to sell to the industry at all these mixers. You know what I mean? So, right. I kind of stopped going because I'm like, well, I'm not trying to sell my services to this guy who's selling his services to this guy. You know, like it doesn't make any sense. And I know the CRA does do lobbying and I don't want to rip on them. And I know the NRA does lobbying too. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't think they do a great job of marketing how much lobbying they're really doing. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to the industry. And because if they were, then the memberships would be higher. You know, because I don't think the CRA's got more than maybe a thousand restaurants. I mean, this is Colorado. What do we have? How many restaurants do we have in Colorado? How many hotels? Like these, the NRA and the CRA and all the state associations really do need to go out there and rile up the troops and be like, guys, we got to fight $15 minimum wage. We got to fight these, these crazy stimuluses. We got to go get more stimulus money to help the guys that got crushed by all these bands, you know, all the you know, the, the dining room bands and all that stuff. And, and so I do agree with that. And I do agree too, that even on a local level, like you and the hotels, you know, when people are getting complaining about stuff, you're right. Like the, the those economic impact numbers, you know, of, of what we do. And I'm sure Technomic has all these numbers, right? Like maybe uh -huh. they could go out and create these numbers for every area in the country so you have them. So, you know, there, there should be some campaign. Like, you know what the NRA doesn't do, but like the beef council does. Remember how the beef council would be like, eat more steak. Steak's what's for dinner. You know what I mean? Right, right. That was yep. a big deal. But you never see that from the NRA. You never see a commercial that says the, the hospitality industry is being crushed by these stimulus, by these, you know, blah, blah, blah. They can't hire anyone. So when you ask, you know, why, if you're not getting great service, you you know, ask them how well they're staffed, whatever it is. Like they got to put those numbers out there. We create 10 trillion, you know, billion dollars of this and that and property taxes, you know, because you need to support your restaurant industry and you need to go back to work and, you know, whatever it is. I, you know what I mean? Like, but you yeah. just never see those kind of ads. So I agree with you. We, well, you, know, you just, all you got to do is, is look at destinations like Hawaii yeah uh, orlando um yeah. you know the mountain resorts up in in colorado california and 
during this COVID thing, when they weren't operating because they were on these crazy lockdowns and nobody was coming and they couldn't open the ski resorts or they couldn't open the theme parks or the, you know, you couldn't go to Hawaii because they wouldn't let you. And yeah, how much think of Las Vegas, how much money was lost to those States and to their, to their coffee. And how are they going to get that money back? They're going to come right back to the hotel industry or the hospitality industry, um, restaurants and hotels and all that. And they're going to increase taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, let's be honest. We've been just borrowing, 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 borrowing money for the last year and a half. And so it's all going to come back to roost, you know, and it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So I totally agree with you on that. I think uh, the I've always felt like that, that the that the the representation for the hospitality industry, you know, and I don't know everything that they do. And I would love to talk to people. I might try to reach out to someone over there and find out if I can uh, chat with them. But I really do want to know how much they're really doing, you know, because uh, it's just, yeah, you know, I always feel like, you know, and I get all the NRA emails, too. It just feels like they're not, they're just not out. They're not outwardly. They might be lobbying all day long, but they don't, they don't publicize how much lobbying they're doing. You know what I mean? So I don't right. know how much they're doing at least. And I can be ignorant on this as well. So I do that. Cool, man. So we're at the last question of the interview here. Give me a war story, you know, something oh, funny that'll make me cringe, you know, that you can't believe you got through. It could be anything. Yeah. Gross, funny. I don't care. <laughs> Oh gosh, I you know there's so many of them um, that you know you could go you could I could spend days just talking about all the things that I've seen or done or like that. But um, I guess um, well I'm not going to do any cringe-worthy ones because those those probably shouldn't be told. But um, <laughs> um, I guess you know some fun ones was. Uh, you know, I worked at a resort that was extremely popular, um, you know, or in the in the 90s and stuff like that. And we did a lot of celebrity stuff. So I had the opportunity of, of really um, kind of, you know, rubbing elbows with uh, all kinds of different uh, stars. I mean, you know, old school stars like Bob Hope and Barbara Eden when they did the Bob Hope Christmas show at our hotel to... Uh, Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford when they came to do a speech, um, you know, it was just a, it was kind of a fun thing to do. But I think you know I, I spent forty five minutes talking with Pat Riley about basketball. Oh, um, wow. you know, I mean these, you know, those are things. But the the person that I enjoyed meeting the most and was one of the nicest people I ever met, and a big sports fan. And I grew up in L.A. area, so I'm a you know L.A. sports fan. So Lakers, Dodgers, you know, Rams, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is Sports Illustrated came and brought all the models for the bathing suit it edition and did a lot of the shots around our hotel oh, uh, wow. in, the, in the area. And the one person I got to uh, spend some time was was with uh, Tyra Banks. <laughs> and uh, she was a big Laker fan, so we talked about, you know, basketball and stuff like that. And... Uh, it, it was just uh, a very delightful, delightful yeah. lady. Um, oh, and plus, so- you know, I got a nice picture with her in a bathing suit. So that was <laughs> even better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. 
she uh we were my wife and i were watching that show uh it's on uh bravo it's andy cohen and he's been dissecting um reality tv like a seven part series where he just talked about all the different genres of of uh, reality tv and tyra banks was on last night on their episode and they were going over how she started that own show and there's like 50 versions of it i think it was that my next top model and you know it was just like uh she's like a she's like a force to be reckoned with i had no idea i knew she was obviously a huge supermodel but i had no idea like that show was like made in russia and estonia and vietnam i mean like she's probably made a fortune off that and she's hosting all these things so she's oh, truly yeah. like a revolutionary like businesswoman and creator and and it was really neat to kind of see all that and then to hear that she's so cool and approachable you know um is really cool too so yeah. that's a cool story yeah well, it was a lot of fun oh absolutely and i mean you know yeah totally cool so robin thank you so much for being on the show man i really appreciate it is there anything you want to plug real quick uh um, and i'll put the website for the lodge of four seasons on on the show notes but is there anything else you want to plug anything you guys are doing or working on right now well, you know, if anybody is out there and they want to come uh, experience freedom, <laughs> so to speak, uh, come down to the Lake of the Ozarks and uh, give us a give us a look. It's a uh, it's a great place to be, and uh, you know we have a, a great property here with great golf courses and you know lake and pool activities and music and stuff. So come on down. Well, great, Robin. Thank you so much for being on the Order Up Show, and then for all my listeners. Uh, we got a lot more interviews coming out. We're, we're releasing now on Tuesdays and Fridays. And, um, you know, just check us out on SoundCloud or on uh, Apple Podcasts. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Robin, thank you. And we'll talk Thanks, to you guys.